folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. I'm Taneo Gwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. What is up, Courtney? Just hanging in there. Five weeks over. Week eight coming up. Second half. Home stretch. Two more months of this. Whatever (laughs) this is. I mean, I'm trying to mentally prepare myself here for what could be a very wild, but also maybe not a very wild, maybe a very awful uh, two months, but... Yeah, this, these next three games coming up, I've, I've kind of been, like, gearing myself up for what could be or what might not be. Like, it, it's crazy when you think about the division stretch that they have here coming out of the break, how that could seriously alter, like, what they're going to do this off season. So, I mean, I am a little excited just to kind of see, like, all right, which team actually shows up because I don't think anybody thought the team that showed up against Atlanta was going to be out there after the uh, Seattle loss. But, yeah, I – um. For a team that's one in five, I feel like there's still a lot of news around this team and a lot of um, a lot of interest still with this fan base. Yes, at least in and, figuring out like what's going to happen beyond this year. And I thought that things would be a little bit more interesting this week in terms of trades. What is your take on why nothing has happened yet? Uh, are they waiting until after the Packers game to make some moves here? I mean, I, it, do you think that it's going to come down to the deadline? Because there was a report from Chris Mortensen that teams were going to try to get going before the deadline so they could get players in, get them through COVID protocols, and get yeah. them ready to go. But we have not seen that play out. So has your opinion changed uh in any way since there has not been trades as we record this i'm refreshing twitter every once in a while to make sure that nothing has happened as we speak i i don't think it's too concerning right now i mean this is thursday the deadline is tuesday and typically the nfl is not a very active league when it comes to mid-season trades we know that but um 
this year in the state that they're in and the state that other teams are in too. I mean, obviously everybody's dealing with the coronavirus protocols and being able to get guys into practice. I mean, the Vikings are missing four cornerbacks right now. Um, and one of them is, is Chris Jones, not the defensive tackle, Chris Jones, but some cornerbacks they just signed named Chris Jones who can't get on the practice field yet because he's still going through protocol. Um, I, I still think they could be really active, and I still think they could sell. Um, it makes too much sense to do it, especially with certain players that they have, the Riley Reefs of the world, the Anthony Harrises, maybe even a Harrison Smith. Might be a little bit of a stretch, but you never know. Like, I think they're still in a position to, to sell high on, on certain guys to help their own situation right now and for the future, but – Will they do it or will they kind of get caught up in the same stuff that kind of hindered them in the draft and then in free agency when they got greedy with draft picks? I don't know. I mean, it's really, I think, going to depend on what other teams' needs are before the Vikings are going to be able to pawn off a Riley Reef because this is a point where he could, you know, really solidify anybody's left tackle spot, especially if you're a playoff contender. You know, do you have multiple bidders? What's the deal? Is, you know, Cleveland, for example, with, with their safety depth, it's terrible. So, like, why why hasn't Anthony Harris gone there yet when they tried to get him anyways uh, back in free agency when the Vikings tagged and trade him? So, so maybe it's a time thing. Maybe we're just waiting for a few more days. But, you know, at this point, I don't I don't rule out that they could still do something to change the look of the of the roster because I mean they, they they got the ball rolling with the entire league last week when they traded Unique and Gakwe, which I still think was a great move for them to to unload that or at least the only move that they could do <laughs> I mean sure. right? it's either pay the man a lot of money that he's not worth or get rid of him for something that remotely resembles what you traded for him now here's a question for you because we know that this team can be a little reactionary over the last few years if they beat the Packers at Lambeau by 20 points do they decide not to trade people then or or do you think that the course is set well, watch watch something like that happen because that would be the most Vikings game ever where coming off of a horrific performance when really the pressure's kind of off them now, watch Kirk go and throw for 343 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, the pressure's off. Like, they're one and five, but they're not making the playoffs. Like, of course he'll play better now, right? Like, that's the logic. Even still, if they beat Green Bay – I don't think they're in a position where they're going to all of a sudden march towards seven and nine or eight and eight and make the playoffs. Like I just feel like you have to not be short-sighted and get caught up in the wins that may potentially happen. The ones that you should win and the ones that you steal because that it's just delaying the inevitable, right? Like I, I wrote a piece the other day, just about like some off season moves. Like if they don't want to be active at the trade deadline, fine, but you have to be next year because your cap is not in a good spot. And there's also several moves that you really should should be making. Kyle Rudolph being one of them, restructuring Anthony Barr. Um, a lot of different things that need to happen. Certainly, what the heck's going to happen with Daniil Hunter. Um, but I don't think it should – I really don't think it should alter one win here or there. I don't think that should alter things. But, you know, people fighting for their jobs, I, to keep their jobs, i.e. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, might look at it differently. And I say fighting to keep their jobs. Yes, I'm well aware that they have three-year contract extensions, and that doesn't even start until next year. But, you know, there's still – nothing is guaranteed in this world. Nothing – you know, cold world, no blankets. Like, you've got to – 
you know, you've got to fight to keep your job or at least like put out the appearance that you're fighting to keep your job. And and that obviously is why Rick Spielman said what he said last week when I asked him, like, are you ready to concede a rebuild? No, we're still trying to win. If um, the Wilfs can afford to pay whatever in dead cap money this year, you know, I mean, they have converted salaries to bonuses. They've handed out huge contracts, huge extensions. In comparison, a general manager and coach Mm -hmm. contract are just not that much. I mean, so if you're talking about, you know, half a percent of the total that you plan on spending, it's just hard to see that holding them back if they truly want to make a change, even though uh, there is a case because they extended them, um, that you'll look a little silly if you get rid of them. But we see this in football all the time. Coaches uh, get hired and get fired the next year. Even now quarterbacks will get drafted and then traded the next year and they'll draft someone else. Like it is a very in general reactionary league. And sometimes like in Arizona that works out. Um, Sometimes you fire a coach in the first year. Uh, after it doesn't work and the next guy is great, sometimes the next guy is terrible. Like, it's hard to say. But um, Same thing I, with Dallas right now. Right? They're in a situation where they might be getting rid of their, of their head coach. Right, yeah. I mean, McCarthy, although he has kind of a built-in excuse now with his third quarterback playing that maybe it's like a Detroit situation last year where they weren't good even with the starter, but once the starter goes out, you're really not good. Um, But yeah, I mean, they signed, I think, McCarthy to a five-year contract. They would blow that out in a second if they decided that he's just not the guy. And I look at it the same way. Like We always should assess Zimmer and Spielman as if they're on year-to-year contracts, even if they have extensions, because I just don't think it's that big of a factor. Now, the question they're going to be asking themselves, I think, down the stretch and even with this game is just how does it look as it pertains to Mike Zimmer specifically I think how it looks even if you don't win a ton of games the rest of the way will matter because if you go to Green Bay and lose by 20 and Kirk throws three more interceptions and uh, Zimmer's defense allows 500 yards to the Packers and it looks like guys are just not even motivated to continue to play hard for Zimmer that could be a pretty bad sign for his future. But I'll tell you, I don't have a very good feel. And I get this question. I'm looking at the Friday mailbag questions now for the website. And a lot of them are like, is the seat hot? How hot is the seat? What would the Wilfs do if this, 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 and this? And we talk to Mark Wilf once a year and uh, he tries to kind of navigate the questions and say what he wants to say. And I just don't have a great feel for whether they would react to this Green Bay game in one way or the other. If they would say, hey, five and two, we can get back in this thing. Don't uh, uh, don't trade anyone. Or if they lose by 40, get rid of Zimmer. Like, I don't really have a good sense for this. Yeah, I think that. Their, their bigger concern right now is the quarterback, right? Like that, that from what everything I've been hearing is sure the, the coaching situation, they probably are not thrilled that they gave out extensions prematurely. They're probably regretting that um, just because like the situation that you're in right now, like that's just kind of an unfortunate thing when you've already locked yourself into financially, at least um, a certain amount of money and a certain amount of years for Zimmer and Spielman. But I honestly think that their biggest concern um, is the play of the quarterback because that is um, that'd be financially catastrophic, like to move on from him. And I know they're billionaires. I'm sorry, 41 and dead cap is a lot. And <laughs> yeah. um, I think that that's probably keeping them up at night more so than Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. But then again, it's like 
you know, with all these things and, and how the next three games play out. Like I, so many people will ask me, well, what is it going to take for them to actually make changes? And the way that I interpret that is, well, what is it going to take for them to, to fire somebody or to move on from Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, who comes first? You know, is it losing the Green Bay, getting completely blown out? Is it losing all three of your next games to a Green Bay team that's clearly the best in the division, who you and I both picked to win the division preseason, a Detroit team that kind of looks like it might have its stuff together. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but kind of, you know, they're three and three. Like, what, you know, they're not awful. Um, there's plenty of teams worse than them, including the Vikings. Um, and then the Chicago team that, you know, clearly is not as good as it record its record indicates, but always manages to give the Vikings fits. Like, what is it going to take beyond – like this stretch is why I think it's so important. Like we talk about stretches that define the season. This could be one because if they are just not good and like not competitive and not close and injuries obviously are a huge thing right now, but like if you can barely feel the team, like whose fault is that? Like, I mean, it's just little things like that that made me think, okay, could, could there be some serious decisions made based on what happens these next couple weeks? Go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. If you have not seen this stuff yet and you've been listening to this podcast, what are you doing? Make sure you go check it out. A couple of my favorite designs. They've got new gritty gear after the Vikings young superstar receiver and the Duck Duck, Gray Duck, and much, much more. Uh, All their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies, a few of which I have myself. You will love it. We are going to hook you up, by the way, with free shipping on your next order. Use Purple Insider for free shipping. The promo code Purple Insider. That's SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code Purple Insider for free shipping. Uh, Well, let's decide. Let's look into your crystal ball and pick the schedule so you can tell us exactly how this is going to go since you're – picks have been very accurate from training camp on good lord (laughs) kind of crazy when you think about it like i i I do have my own crystal ball yeah yeah uh the one that said and i'm i picked the same thing so i'm just picking on both of us but the one that said 10 and 6 from the uh, beginning well um i will say that we did tweak our uh after after daniel hunter was out which we'll definitely get to uh in in a bit so let's let's go for it then um Vikings at Packers. They are one and five, going to play five and one. How does that go? Uh, I have them. I already picked this game. I have them losing thirty-seven thirty. I think it's going to be fairly close too. I think that the Vikings can score against this defense. I think the Packers are fifth worst quarterback rating against, um, so they've actually not played particularly well on defense this year and have just you know had a great offensive performance. But I, I agree with you that I think Kirk has a good day. I think they put up yeah. a bunch of points. Justin Jefferson has a good day, and it's still not enough because no one is playing cornerback. Uh, all right, uh, November 8th, home against the Detroit Lions. I'd like to pick this game to be a loss because I just feel like it will be. Um, But I do think they can beat the Lions. I do. I think they'll lose this week and then they're kind of in this rut and it's like, all right, let's, let's get it together against, you know, a really bad run defense, even though that run defense looked okay against Atlanta last week. Um, I think they'll beat the Lions. 
Okay, so they go to 2-6 and six and face the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field where things usually go super great. And, hey, Monday night football audience yeah. gets oh, to see man. it on November 16th. Everyone will be super thrilled for this one. 2-6 and six Vikings versus the question marks Bears. Uh, how does that go? That's a loss because it's Soldier Field. That's all I'm going into with that one. All right, that's all you really need to say. That's their yeah. history. 2-7. Um, I'll never seven. falter from that. Yep. No, I, I'll pick against them in Chicago every year. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes gets traded here. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, at home against the Dallas Cowboys, at uh, there are two. Ooh, and it's a tough one because yeah. they, yeah. Dallas just traded their entire defense away. Like the Vikings didn't have a defense. Dallas had a defense and then traded everybody away, yeah. <laughs> including Everson Griffin, who they'll face, um, you know, two weeks before this game against Detroit. Um, I bet this is actually going to be a win because Andy Dalton got rocked, and I don't know how long a concussion like that takes to recover from when your neck basically almost snaps off. So mm-hmm. um, I think Dallas might be in more dire straits than the Vikings, so I will give Minnesota this win. And, yeah, I think they will actually win pretty handedly against the Cowboys. Again, the uh, Fox broadcasters did not expect the 325 game between the Vikings and Cowboys to look like this on November 22nd. So the Vikings then go to 3-7, and seven and they play Teddy Bridgewater's Carolina Panthers at home. Loss. I, I agree. Like Carolina doesn't have much for defense, but Joe Brady and Teddy Bridgewater are cooking. Like their offense looks great, and they would have two more wins if they could play defense at all. They lost to who was it? Vegas on opening day, and then New Orleans, both close Thanks, games, yeah. where they the offense was great for them, and then their defense just couldn't hold up. So that puts them at three and eight on the year. They face the pathetic Jaguars, who I keep wondering when they're going to fire their coach. That'll be a win. Yeah. So to four. Didn't you hear? Didn't you hear Doug Marone like going on and on on his Zoom call about how he's like bleep fired up or something like that? Like he <laughs> used some swear words and really wow got everybody like super hyped up and motivated. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Doug is a unique guy. I will just say that. So who's their backup quarterback? And now that I think about it, just because I'm wondering, since Gardner Minshew has like fractures in his hand, assuming he has to like go bye-bye for a little bit like who is their quarterback I, I th- quarterback i think i know it um i'll give you a hint he has a really long neck really crazy long neck <laughs> i don't know who <laughs> uh there's uh used to play for the bears briefly for arizona kyle orton drafted no not kyle drafted for uh by tampa bay Second oh oh Glennon. Yes, yeah, Mike Glennon. Crazy <laughs> neck. Yeah, that'll go great for uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be a win. I don't care who's coaching or playing quarterback or left tackle or anything. I think they're beating the Jaguars. So that puts them at four and eight, going to Tampa. Four and eight. Loss. Yeah, uh, four and nine, and then they play the Bears at home. And I don't mean to swing you one way or the other. This seems like a game the Vikings win, and the Bears are just. Um, devastating. A dumpster fire. I can't, I can't yeah, believe we lost to the Vikings, who were four and nine at the time. They'll probably lose. I mean, they'll probably Bears will probably lose that game just because, like, by the time that se- that that point in the season rolls around for them, um, probably not going to be great. Like, 
is Foles still their quarterback at that point? Do they have an offense? Because they don't have one now. Right. Um, So, yeah, that'll be a Vikings win. So what am I at? Five and? Five and nine is where you are going into the final two weeks against the Saints and the Lions. And they lose both of those. So they're going to finish five and 11. Five and 11. So what does a five and 11 season mean for Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and Kirk Cousins? If that's what happens. Well, who do you who do you want to like go through first? It's like it, it, all right. So they're five and eleven. Is it because of their quarterback play? Is it because think about several games this year where Kirk has been the catalyst for why they've lost. Yeah. Certainly Atlanta, but like think about the strip sack and what that led to in that twenty one zero stretch by the, by Seattle. Like you can fault him for that um, in that moment. And then obviously Tennessee being you know what that was like. I'm not blaming Kirk for everything, but like he is the catalyst for a lot of those losses. How does that affect what does that trend continue here in these final 10 games? If so, then that to me is the first thing you're going to the table with because you have to decide very quickly if he's going to be on your roster next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just a matter of, we'll keep him around one more year, maybe, you know, no, the, the, the cap number does not go down. Like he's a $21 million base salary, fully guaranteed next year. He also still has $20 million in signing bonus, the proration of that over the final two years of the extension. Um, it, or, you know, the two years of the extension, because he had one year left, obviously, uh, on the last deal. So, so nonetheless, $41 million in dead cap, and, I still, I'm trying to drill this into people's heads to realize, no, you can't keep him for 2021 and get rid of him for 2022 because three days into next year's league year, March, whatever that is, his base salary, which is 35 million, becomes fully guaranteed um, for the like on the third day of the 2021 league year, his 2022 salary um, becomes guaranteed. So it's either all or nothing with Kirk, and I think that that's a really tough conversation. You know, if he continues to play very poorly, um, to me it seems like the right conversation to have and it seems like the necessary conversation to have with with ownership. Uh, they have to be on board for that because think of it this way. Like, if he if he's awful and you – I mean, you don't have any sort of way to rebuild. Like, because you just basically would be like in this, again, purgatory. Because, yeah, you'd pawn off some veterans, you'd cut some people, you'd restructure whatever, but, like, you really don't want to be building around this guy anyways if he's terrible. Um, and you shouldn't be locked into him. Finan- you don't want to be locked into him financially. So it's kind of like we just need to take our lumps here and realize we want to speed. I mean, it's going to be a long process anyways, but we want to get the rebuild done as fast as possible, take advantage of our draft positioning, um, and do all of those things in order to right the ship at the quarterback position. But, like, what if he's just mediocre? That's the Vikings, like, in my opinion, that's the worst-case scenario. Like, let's say over these fine, final ten games, he's five and five. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're at your at that point, I don't think you're getting rid of him because he'll have a six and ten record as a starter, um, you know, this year. And that's – wait a second. Did I just screw up the math? No, if he, uh, if he wins five games the rest of the way, it'll be six and ten. But they've got six – but I said they were going to be 5-11 and 11 this year. Yeah. I thought you were saying hypothetically if he's a 500 quarterback the rest of the way that it means he probably played well enough to convince them to st- have him stick around. Yeah, um, I did. I did. I just They have 10 games left, right? 
See, I think yes. Um, okay, sorry, my brain. No, you didn't. Like, you didn't mess that up. You didn't mess that up. That up. The, a pie chart's coming later, so oh god, mess that one up. Um, so this is an interesting thought to me because I think that they should decide at this moment, or already have decided, that the plan for Kirk Cousins is going to be to play him in 2021 with. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields as his backup, or maybe even Mac Jones is an interesting name that has sort of emerged as a first-round quarterback from Alabama as well, or uh, even Kyle Trask. That guy is his backup. And then after 2021, they trade him to another team that's going to sign him to a contract extension to lower his cap hit, and they'll have him in the future. And I know that people think no one will ever trade for Kirk Cousins, and it's not the easiest thing to do, I'm sure, at this moment. But like you said, we know, Kirk, when a bad thing happens, a good thing is around the corner. And when a good thing happens, a bad thing is around the corner. So all he needs to do is go eight and eight on a mediocre team in 2021 and someone will trade for him. I mean, there's always going to be quarterback desperate teams looking to trade for somebody uh, who has a track record. There's always going to be a coach who's on the hot seat who says, let's go all in. I can help Kirk. I can figure him out. I think they should decide that is the plan today. But to your point for why Kirk is still to blame for the one in five, despite the fact that they've had a horrible defense, I've got a stat for that. The average starting position that the defense has faced is the 36-yard line, their own 36-yard line. That is dead last in the NFL. And I think that tells you like how much turnovers and bad interceptions just destroy your chances as a defense. And we saw this last year where Tampa Bay was not that bad of a defense. I'm not saying the Vikings aren't that bad. But Jameis Winston, with all of his interceptions, Mm -hmm. he just killed them. And I think the same thing has really happened this year with the Vikings. I mean, that that last game, you start off the game, first pass is right to Deion Jones. And then all of a sudden, you've got a touchdown a play later. Well, how many defenses are stopping Julio Jones when you hand him the ball right basically in your red zone? Like not that many. And then you don't have a good defense, so it just makes it worse and worse and worse. This is how some uh, game managers help their defenses. Uh, Case Keenum uh, did not turn the ball over at all in 2017. Number one defense was, yes, very talented, but also helped a lot by Case Keenum, the running game, the time of possession all of those different things that they have not had as an offense. So even though it is not entirely on Kirk's shoulders, you could see when things don't go exactly right uh, and you don't have a defense that can bail you out when you make mistakes and turn the ball over, this is kind of what you end up with. And it's, you know, it's a good, it's just not a quarterback worth paying as much as they're paying for it. So I think they need to have an exit plan now and not flutter in the wind and decide, well, you know, maybe we'll do it if blank. Maybe we yeah. won't if blank. And I think the same thing should apply to the coach or GM. Decide now and then stick with it regardless of what happens the rest of the way. Yeah, I do think that you should have the plan now so you're not in a situation. Like, I don't think they were discussing the quarterback situation in the midst of the 2017 season of what happens afterwards um, in the middle of the of the crazy run uh, towards the NFC Championship. That, to me, was something like, hey, we're going to just see if Case can continue to do this because um, they didn't really know what they if it was sustainable. So it's like they waited till after the season that year to truly dive in and decide – this is a situation where I think that they could start to kind of work, get some of that work done ahead of time. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm with you. I've kind of uh, developed this uh, 
like the, just like what I would do from now on draft a quarterback every single year like mm-hmm. I really think that we should start like having serious conversations about that I don't care if it's in the third or the fourth or the fifth round draft a quarterback every single year and I mean you know they've done it or they've signed somebody every single year as a UDFA I mean remember Jake Browning was the highest <laughs> guaranteed yeah. like um he's the highest paid in terms of like total guarantee like he yeah. got in 2019 like there's to me to me that's it's just have a better backup situation in place than what you have currently. And then maybe that guy is groomed to take over when you, when you realistically can move on, because that's another question I've gotten. Can they trade Kirk ahead of the deadline? A, who wants him right now? He's not playing great. And B, where's he going to go? They're like, Oh, San Francisco. Like, sorry. Last (laughs) I checked, Jimmy Garoppolo is still the quarterback there. And I don't think their cap situation is that great right now. So a lot of things would have to move around and change in order for that to happen. But you know, there are ways you will – I mean, you're going to incur financial penalty for this either way. Um, and, yes, there is some offset language. Like, if you did cut him, like, there is some offset language in 2021 that would – assuming another team does sign him, because I don't think he'll – he's too good to, like, be out of the league. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. Like, he'll get signed somewhere. Obviously, it'll be on a reworked deal, and maybe this time around he doesn't have the the luxury of kind of throwing it around being like yeah I'm gonna get a fully guaranteed deal like if he continues to play the way he did and he gets cut like no one's signing you to a fully guaranteed deal I don't care how good your agent is um but you know we'll see um but yeah I think that you could very easily have a plan I mean heck think about it last year with like the coaching stuff like they were considering hey, what about Stefanski? They were weighing mm-hmm. their options about keeping Stefanski. Like, so it wasn't like, oh, they win a playoff game in New Orleans. Oh, we should now decide to keep Stefanski. It was before then they were even talking about it. So so I think that you make a great point about trading him after this year where it's almost impossible. I mean, the contract doesn't help you at all. No. And um, who wants to sell low? I mean, this is the problem with how the Vikings have done business pretty much since 2017 is let's pay top dollar for everything. Let's pay top dollar for our linebacker that we drafted in the first round uh, in his second contract. Let's pay top dollar for Kirk Cousins. Let's pay top dollar for Yannick Ngakwe in a trade to bring him here. And, you know, I think that that got them in trouble when you do that over and over and over again. So don't do the opposite of that and sell low. Um, that's not the good time. The good time is if you go into 2021 and he plays pretty well, but you already know you're done with him. With Alex Smith, he led the league in quarterback rating the year they traded him. They just decided we're done yeah. with this. This can't work. And when I look around at the league, I mean, trying to use my crystal ball and look a couple of years out, think about a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so let's say Roethlisberger plays this year and they go to, I don't know, the AFC Championship or something. Then he's going to come back because he's going to say one more swing, one more bite at that apple in 2021. And then they probably don't play that great and they go eight and eight and Roethlisberger says great career I'm going to the Hall of Fame see you guys later the Pittsburgh Steelers are not a team who drafts a quarterback number one looking down the road Um, they're more of a team that's going to run it all the way to the end and then get somebody else to be their quarterback 
I think there will be situations like this with teams that expect to win or teams that have had quarterbacks go bust. Like, let's say, Mm -hmm. let's say Denver likes what they see from Drew Locke a little bit this year. They say, let's give him one more year, 2021. And then he's garbage. Like they wanted Kirk too. I think they were in the midst of the the bidding there. So would they be a team? And, And I think when you start to consider how much quarterback situations shift from year to year after 2021, there might be some opportunities to move on from him. And it gives that other guy the golden opportunity to sit and wait. But the fear I think that a lot of Vikings fans have is that what will happen is they'll look at this year. If he has a decent end of the season and say, okay, here's what he really needs. He needs a defensive tackle to help him get the ball back oh, like that. Yep. And, and yeah. you can totally see. And that's where, again, you have to decide on, you know, Spielman and Zimmer. And is this really the direction you want to go? Because I think that the Zimmer direction of wanting to invest a lot on the defensive side and rebuild that part is conflicting with what's best for the future. And that's Mm -hmm. why Zimmer might be better off coaching a team that's ready to win now, but has a bad coach than he would be for the future of the Vikings. Just philosophically, there's a conflict there. How wild would it be if what we thought could have played out in 2020 with Zimmer going to Dallas, whether he was traded or not, like if they fire McCarthy, who's to say that, you know, they don't try to pull something off this year. If Jerry really wanted Mike last year and it was going to take a first round pick and, you know, however much else, and, you know, the Vikings could have had Stefanski, whatever, if that's still on the table, maybe that's his best situation because, honestly, I I agree completely. It's like if this season goes as poorly as we expect it to, do you really think you can try to, like, run it back with the same leadership and the same guidance next year and not have the same result? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't – and especially, like, say you're in a situation or in a position to draft a quarterback, um, one that, like, either plays next year or one that's, like, you know, a young impressionable dude that's going to like a high draft pick, not some like third rounder, but like somebody you expect to take over after Kirk. Mm-hmm. Do you want Zimmer leading the charge on that? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Like, you know, with rookie quarterbacks, is he the right guy to do that? So, yeah, I think in and, and anyways, like even if they didn't go like full on rebuilding of the coaching staff, like if it was just the head coach, like if they, if they kept other pieces, you still every time typically once one coach moves on or is fired or whatever the team takes the opposite approach so D- mm-hmm. Zimmer's defense yeah. guy it would make sense for them to hire an offensive person like as the leader especially if you have a quarterback situation you're trying not to screw up like I would I would do that even though sports took a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that means hiring is more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gets you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that that much easier like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire and with 73 percent of online job seekers visiting indeed each month 
Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division championships, and futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, and this is sort of where the league's going anyway. I, I mean, when you look at punt numbers, they're way down. Marwin Maloof mentioned how far down punt numbers are because offenses are thriving. Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing hurt and not even playing that well, and the 49ers are still 4-3 and three because they have a genius head coach in Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan and, uh, and the Cleveland Browns do not have a good defense either. They just got d- demolished on defense by Joe Burrow. And yet they're a winning team because their offense is amazing. And I'm not saying defense doesn't matter. It most certainly does. And the way to win at football is to be good at both things. But I think that the offensive side is weighted heavier when it comes to being a good team. And we've seen that the last uh, 10 teams to make the Super Bowl all were in the top five in points scored. And if Zimmer is not going to go along with investing in the long-term future at the quarterback position, the most important in the franchise, and rather wants more corners or another linebacker or a defensive line, I, like that that just to me doesn't add up. And someone sent me a note about, because um, I don't know when I – did this, but uh, co- comparing like relationships to where the Viking situations are at. And I think of it this way, that if you are with somebody who wants to live in the country and have a ranch like Gary Kubiak and Mike Zimmer, and they want to have horses and everything else and uh, pigs and chickens running around, and you want to live in the city in a high rise where, you know, you uh, belong to a very cool gym and you buy expensive bags or whatever i don't know uh that you can't go forward together if you have totally i agree if your future as a relationship you just can't go forward with that person no it's just like conflicting conflicting philosophies like fitting a square peg into a round hole like it doesn't make sense and there's no harm in that there's not saying that one's better than the other but one is probably better suited for the overall direction of your franchise. So you're, if, you, if you're forced into that situation, do not make it difficult on yourself of being like, well, maybe we can try to make this work one more time. Mm-hmm. No, move on. Like, you know, you've got to cut the umbilical cord at some point because you can't continue on trying to be like, okay, well, this time it'll be different. This time it'll be different. Yep. Like, you yeah. need fresh blood in there. I think that that's kind of like the, the, the vibe that I get from, from people speaking with people around the organization is, maybe a change of voice, a change of perspective, not having the same thing over and over again for seven years, if that's the way that they want to go, maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing. 
and even sticking with the example, like just because you have different visions for the future and those don't add up to a successful marriage, uh, that doesn't mean like either one of you are bad people. Like, I don't think Mike Zimmer is a bad coach. I don't even think that Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback, but he came to a team that immediately spent money on a defensive tackle, like the day after he arrived and they let Tom Compton play guard Uh, and they let Laquan Treadwell be the number three wide receiver. And they said, no, we've got to spend money on Sheldon Richardson. And you and I love Sheldon. He's one of the great personalities we've ever covered. But I mean, that just shows you that that has been where they've wanted to spend their money and not put everything into Kirk Cousins. And um, I think that even for 2021, it might be interesting just to see if they did. Like just if somebody came in and said, you know what, we're going to throw the ball a lot. We're not going to run on second and 12. We're going to get you not one, not two. I'm doing the LeBron, not three. We're going to get you four receiving weapons. We're going to get you five receiving weapons. And then have at it, Kirk, and let's see how this works out instead. And then if it doesn't, you just hand it over to the next guy in the draft and you say, you're inheriting a great offense and so go go forth, young man. So uh, anyway, uh, I just think that we've reached a situation where that's sort of an impasse of uh, of this being able to work with these three. Now I have a um, a pie chart situation for you if you want it. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, things to watch the rest of the way because the Vikings playoff odds are about two percent at this moment. I don't know what ESPN has them at. Football Outsiders has them at about two percent. So that sounds about right because they were basically at like what was it before? It was like five percent when they yeah. were like one and four. Yeah, yeah. Based on the other teams that had done it, so. So you're not watching for the uh, playoff run. Uh, it's possible, no. but not really. So what are you watching for? I want you to give me percentages that of intrigue that you have. Okay. Uh, Justin Jefferson and everything that Justin Jefferson can do the rest of the way and how he adapts to uh, coverage focusing on him. Because I was looking back at Randy Moss's rookie season, and there were even a couple of games where Moss was not dominant during that rookie season and then adjusted and killed everyone for the rest of his career. Uh, The cornerback progression, or in Mike Hughes' case, does he play again would be another part of this. So uh, Justin Jefferson, cornerback progression, the defensive line, and just who steps up now that Yannick Ngakwe is gone, and just Ezra Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland is the other one. So those are your four. Give me – percentages of how intrigued you are by those four things the rest of the way. Okay. Give me two seconds. I will be very quick. How intrigued are you by these things? Do, 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 do. This is a pie chart. Okay. That's all the time. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. All right. So Justin Jefferson adapting, you know, what does this look like? Because everybody's calling him a star, and mm-hmm. Matt Lafleur saying he's going to be a number one receiver. So I'm like, oh Christ! Like <laughs> that means that if you're a fantasy owner, start Adam Thielen this week because Jefferson is getting bracketed. He's getting two guys on him in man coverage. Like whatever it is, they're going to take Justin Jefferson out of this game. That is their game plan. Read between the lines of what Matt Lafleur was saying. So I'm curious. Like like even even Gary today was talking about you know like. They want to keep him healthy. They want to keep him on the field. The, mm-hmm. the progression has been so fun, but it's like it's going to get harder because, you know, we figured out that you're really good. Other teams have also figured out you're really good and that we're not just playing in a slot. Like, 
you know, they settled him down. And then once they realized, yeah, this is not just a slot receiver. We're going to play him outside, especially since we only go too wide a lot with our receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, like he can do a lot, but teams are going to catch up to that. So 60% for Justin Jefferson. Oh, I, am, wow. I am all in on, the, far I'm more all in on by the, Jefferson than anything the else. Jets train. Wow. What do you call it? Yeah. So yeah, 60%. Um, you are doing the gritty as we speak. I am grittying my way How old into did I week sound eight. at that? You, very, you, you sounded very old. Very old and sad. Okay, so to the next one. Cornerback progression. Um, 20% because you know what? I don't think it's going to get any better. What I reported yesterday is that everything is trending towards Mike Hughes being put on IR, um, potentially a season-ending surgery. Like his, they're, they're leaning towards shutting him down because the neck injury is not getting better. Last I checked, you only have one neck. It's not like, oh, one knee hurts and then the other knee hurts and they're different injuries. Like this is all related to that December, seven, December whatever, uh, week 17 injury he had last year. He didn't have surgery from it then. I remember we talked to him about it and he said that, you know, it was something that was able to heal on its own. Maybe this is a point where they want to have him have surgery obviously that's very, very tough for a career that never got off the ground. They probably don't pick up his fifth-year option. Um, and, and that's just talking about Mike Hughes. I'm not all that intrigued. Like, I mean, sort of with the cornerback progression, we're not able to see that much that you can take away. Like, yeah, that's better week to week. Like, I just don't think you are um, going to see that where it's going to look that tangibly different from, you know, where we are week eight into mm-hmm. like week 13. So 20%. I mean, obviously they're a huge storyline. I looked up a stat today. Um, Jeff Gladney uh, of the 76 cornerbacks to be targeted at least 20 times has allowed a passer rating of 140.3 yeah. as the nearest defender in coverage this season. That's the Not worst. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, does that get better? Uh, also like, are they literally signing dudes off the street, like, or former CFL players to like <laughs> do this because they, they're, they're in a bad spot right now. Like if Holton Hill, you know, the foot injury and, and Hughes and, and Cam Dancers on the COVID thing and can't even get our pet heads are falling the, off. <laughs> Chris Jones, the non-defensive tackle, Chris Jones can't even get him at practice. Like, what are you doing? Like that's, dumb and, that's dumb and dumber. You, are, you, are you a dumb and dumber fan? You seen it movie? Not quite. Not quite. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's where the, our pets heads are falling off comes from, but uh, care, go on, carry on. So 60% so, to Justin Jefferson, 20% to the 20% corners. 20% to, to the corners. Um, You're going to hate me for this one. So I'm going to actually, I, I'm, I'll go in progression in uh, I changed the order around. I'm going from like most to least 15% for um, Ezra Cleveland. I'm, I'm curious, like, because are they going to trade Riley reef? That's the obvious one of why mm-hmm. it would be intriguing because then yep. you get him over at, um, you know, over at uh, left tackle. And that's the spot that you drafted him at. Like I assume unless they're going to activate Elfline off IR because he's in that 21-day window. I assume that Ezra will continue to play right guard for now. But I am curious, once Elfline comes back, where does Ezra go? Because right. he better not be back to the bench at this point because that is just a waste and it just does not look good. And he needs to play because he's going to be playing next year. Riley Reef, I will maintain my stance. He is not on your roster in 2020. Mm-hmm. 15%. So I'm, I'm – you know, a little bit less intrigued by that than the cornerback progression. Probably should have made it even, whatever. I was trying to be cute with the numbers, like, so I could do my own math. Um, and then 
for the defensive line, I put it at a straight up 5%. <laughs> Not at all then, basically. Not at all, because okay. they're going to be blitzing a ton since they can't pressure the quarterback as it is. And just how intriguing really are Afadi Adenovo, Jalen Holmes, maybe DJ Wanham a little, but I've got to see. And James Lynn, sure. But like, I mean, we know Jaleel Johnson is not on this roster next year. He is not your solution at three technique. Um, I'll be intrigued by the defensive line when I figure out what their draft positioning is. And then I figure out, are they going to go after, like, are they in position to draft a quarterback? If not, then they're probably drafting a defensive tackle, a three technique in that first round. So then I'll be so call me call when draft scout comes back when you when you call her up um, to, to you know activate for the season, then then she'll be interested in the defensive line. Okay, uh, I like I like the pie chart. I think that you are right on with Justin Jefferson is the thing to watch the rest of the way. I might have given a little more juice to the um, cornerbacks just because Gladney and Dantzler have been awful. And that's expected, and I'm not saying they're busts, but they've been among the worst corners in the NFL. Can they not be that for the next 10 weeks? Or when we get to the end of the season, are quarterbacks still turning into Joe Montana mixed with Peyton Manning when throwing the ball at them? I think you want to see progress. I'm kind of concerned about how they talked about Dantzler as being so smart and great with technique, and then that's just not been the case. I mean, the technique, uh, there if you watch the tape back, have been a lot of problems with just simple things like knowing where his leverage is, knowing where his help is, um, just getting way off wide receivers in certain types of coverages where he needs to play tight. There's been a lot of issues there, so I'm a little more intrigued in the, in the uh, progress let totally less so unless Ezra Cleveland is playing left tackle, then I'm interested. And I agree with you on the D line. Like, I don't know. You need new players. I mean, it's really <laughs> Yes. You need new players. That's the excuse. But yeah, um, so I do need a take uh, from Courtney, our draft scout on a mock, a very oh. interesting mock. Eric Edholm, our pal from Yahoo sports has the Minnesota Vikings taking Zach Wilson in his most recent mock in which he titled, uh, Mocktober. So, um, October? Zach Wilson, give me a quarter back, right? Take. What's that? The, qu- the quarterback from BYU. Yes. Yep. Very oh, exciting. I, don't know uh, I mean, I don't really know anything about him, but like, Oh, you've got to start a- skull searching. See, you've got to get on board with the skull searching. I've already gone head first like, into this the quarterback draft class. Zach Wilson is legit. Great so you, you think he'll be behind Trevor Lawrence as the number two taken? Like potentially? Um, be, or is it still you think – I mean, honestly, it's kind of embarrassing because Draft Scout should be like well ahead of where yeah, she is, is right October, now. it is October, though. Um, so. I mean, I still think it'd be the, the, the logical um, choices would be Lawrence and Fields and then Trey Lance. But, like, maybe I should start watching a little bit more. It's time. How c- conference are they in? What, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just when Zach Wilson is playing, you watch him. That's what you do. Okay. I know he has a headband. I'm looking at a photo of him right now. A guy looks like Jim McMahon yeah. like, with this, like, yep. Jordan headband. That's right. Nice That's hair, right. dude. This guy's got, like, a, a quaffed. Is that what you call it? You know like, what? And he, he plays like a dude who wears a headband. Like, he's gutsy. Yeah. He moves around. <laughs> he's got great, the great arm and just, like, has a little bit of boss to him. 
uh, even though he looks like he's very young. So that's a guy you need to get on board with the skull searching and start um, grinding that BYU tape. In this mock, it actually has Wilson going behind um, those other quarterbacks that you mentioned, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. But Dane Brugler reported that there's some buzz all of a sudden that um, Zach Wilson could be moving up, which I think is good news for the Vikings, because that means Justin Fields or Trey Lance are moving down like that. There's a shuffle here that one of them could end up playing for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so That's keep wild. an eye on that. Last thing before we wrap up uh, your take on Daniil Hunter, not on the injury on mm-hmm. the other part of the report for me in Rappaport that he wants to be highest paid or traded uh, next year. That's uh, carrying the water for the agent. I totally understand, like, what I understand what it was um, and putting that out there. I think it's a little rich because the guy has not played this year. Like, let's not, like, forget. Neck injuries are serious. Like, he, he it was so bad that he had to have surgery to, to fix it. And so that's why I just – to, to expect that Daniil's going to come back. I know Mike Zimmer, like, said yesterday, like, yeah, we expect him, you know, be – didn't have a timetable, but he should be playing football again soon. Not like there's like overarching confidence, but yeah, he's going to be back to Pro Bowl form and you know, fourteen and a half plus sacks next year and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you know, he may he's the 18th highest paid at his position right now. Does he deserve to be paid more than that? Yes, but am I going to pay him Joey Bosa money off a season he didn't play? Like, no. <laughs> What are you doing, guy? Come on, Zeke. Like, you know, the agent. Like, what? That is insane. Like, to, to go out there and what I assume, and, and granted, yeah, I was an anonymous source, whatever. Um, that came from somebody who represented Daniil Hunter, who has his best interest in mind. And I don't think the Vikings are in a position to do it, mm-hmm. even with Yannick Ngakwe off the roster. Like, that is a tough spot for for them to, to, to you know, concede that they would want to pay him that much. And I also – I, I I don't know. I mean, how he recovers from this, what it looks like going forward. Um, but also, like, you're going to be making that decision. If he wants to be traded, that's a free agency type move because, you know, depending upon what you get, draft picks, things like that, unloading his number and not having to, like, pay him, a, you know, a ton of money. Yeah, that would probably be happening sooner rather than later. But at this point, I mean, it was already on the table for 2021. For like, Daniel Hunter was not being seriously discussed this year. It's like, oh, we should probably pay him like in 2020, like fix it now. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't need money. They broke. And so, like, you know, but next year, next year was the year it was supposed to happen. But like now, it's like, can you fault them if they don't? Like, Right. If they trade Daniel, they trade Daniel Hunter. They'll be getting back a nice haul, I mm-hmm. think. Like, I mean, he's he's a great player, but you know, at the same time, that's that's a big risk you're taking if you pay, if you were to make him the highest paid, which Bosa makes twenty seven million dollars a year. If if you would have asked me before the injury was Daniel Hunter or something like that, I don't know if I would have said twenty seven, but. I would say at least top five for sure. It's hard to give quarterback money to a player who's not a quarterback is the way that I, I look know. at it. Like there's a, there's a, um, a range you get into that as soon as you clear that at almost any position, you're just not worth it. 
Um, maybe the uh, exception to that would be DeAndre Hopkins. Like maybe he is worth quarterback money because he will help your quarterback so much. But aside from that, if you're not a quarterback uh, and you want 27 mil, I don't know. That's just, that is too rich. But I also think that it is just um, somebody trying to position themselves for the future rather than uh, really having a good argument for that to happen. But if that's what they want, then um, you could trade players on IR, make those phone calls now, uh, I would say. So yeah, uh, just another wrinkle to a very interesting rest of the way that we will have, Courtney. Yeah, it should be. I mean, that's one that, we're not going to be like talking about like in depth right now, but it's always going to be right there. And that's just another layer to what could be a very complicated off season. And that's the thing about, you know, who you want calling the shots. Do you want to pay another defensive player a lot of money to keep him around because you have a lot of holes? Or do you want to say, you know, who would love that money is our offense. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's, these yeah. are the decisions that you'll have to make. So uh, great stuff as always. People should go look at your, um, your Twitter. You've pinned it. Um, the piece that you had on the Vikings rebuilding and where they are right now. Very good stuff. So people should go check that out. And I appreciate your time as always.